Praise the Lord. Well, let's turn our Bibles to, uh, hmm, let's go to uh, Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Hallelujah. Let's talk just a couple of moments about seed. If we could get the seed principle into our life, then we could literally change any situation that we're in. But here it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then for he that soweth to his flesh shall also of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Here we see the category of different seeds. There is a spiritual seed and there is a natural seed. And so when we come to the point of discovering seed sowing and harvesting and so forth, we have to understand that there are spiritual things and there are natural things. There are natural seeds. Of course, God told, uh, Abra, uh, told Adam and Eve to replenish the earth. We understood that that is by seed exchange, by sowing seed. Adam and Eve populated planted earth. And so we know that that is a natural seed. But here it tells us that there is a spiritual and a natural. Sometimes when we talk about certain types of seeds in the scripture, people say, well, how can that be? You know, I've had people say, well, how can you sow money and it grow? Well, that's a spiritual seed. It is a spiritual process. It's not a natural process, but it is a spiritual process. But nevertheless, it is a law and it is a process. Now, let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter, and verse 26. Mark 4:26. This speaks to us about the whole of the kingdom of God is like a seed. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now, notice, right in that verse, notice what it said. It said that the kingdom of God is as if a man would cast seed into the ground. Get the concept. If the seed is not cast into the ground, it does not mean that the harvest does not exist. It does not mean that the kingdom of God does not exist. does not mean that the kingdom of God is not real. But if you do not apply seed principle, you will never partake of the kingdom of God. It's important that we, as Christians, understand that the kingdom of God is as if a man sows seed into the ground. Man has his part. God provides the seed from the kingdom. But if a man does not sow seed, he receives nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that the kingdom doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that God is not active it means that the man that has can operate in the kingdom of god chooses not to in other words he doesn't go through the process sometimes people think that 
the kingdom of God is magical. It's not magical. It is a process where man mixes his seed of faith with God's provision of seed in the word. And if a man doesn't do his part, guess what? The kingdom doesn't manifest in his life. And so those are people that are hearers and not doers. Now the sad point about that truth is that all of us could be living in a kingdom-influenced life, a kingdom manifest in our life, a supernatural way of life in us and through us for us. But the problem is, is that we don't do anything. And when we don't do anything, what happens is, pretty soon, we don't do anything for so long that the kingdom of God that once was excitable, ignitable, usable, and doable, then becomes just a myth in our mind. We come to church, but we never use what we learn. And so the kingdom of God eludes us. But one thing about the kingdom, the kingdom of God is this. It demands consistency because a man needs to sow. Now, sowing is not a one-time deal. Sowing is a way of life. It's not for a short term. It's not, I'm going to do this until I get this. No, sowing seed or the kingdom of God is a way of life. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And so it is a way of life. It is consistent and it's diligent. It needs to be by faith without being moved by the evidence that is always changing. Too many Christians look at what God is doing or what's going on in the kingdom by the evidence they see. But you cannot base anything on the evidence that you're seeing if you're going to walk by faith. Amen? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 1, 2, and 3. Here it tells us that we need to have a life or a mindset of continual sowing. And it says this, Cast thy bread upon the water, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Now stop right there. Understand that when you sow seed, it doesn't mean that the devil does not react to your faith. Contrary, it tells you that the devil is going to do something against your seed. But don't worry about it. Continue to sow. So many people cave in when things start going wrong. Don't cave in because God is still moving and your seed is still having an impact. Now, next verse. And said, if the cloud be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, 
and if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north in the place where the tree falleth there it shall be next verse he that observeth he that observeth or he that is moved by outward evidence the wind shall not sow he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap in other words there's not a perfect time to sow and there's not a perfect time to reap you have to sow the seed despite the season you're in amen next verse and it says as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit or how the bones do grow in a womb of her that is with child even so thou knowest not the works of god who maketh all now you don't know what the devil is going to attack and you don't know which way that god is going to bring it to pass but your job is not to be concerned about those things your job is to continually diligently establish a way of the kingdom or the way of god the way the laws of the kingdom to sow no matter what's going on sow sow get a way of the kingdom inside of you the kingdom is not to be used the kingdom is to be dominant in our life so to get an amen we think sometimes that faith is like uh, an economical exchange god i'll give you this because you will increase it and then god after that I'm still my own. No, that's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom of God works that establishes you find the ways of the kingdom, then that way of the kingdom is to be the dominant part of your life. You can't replace it or replace it or take it out of its place at your will. If you do, you will end up causing yourself to think that the kingdom of God is not in reality ruling in your life. And so you just use the kingdom. Listen, you can't use God because God knows the motive and the intent of all of the attempts to use him for personal gain or for anything else you want. But see if you have a right heart then God will withhold no good thing to those whom he is in relationship with. Romans 8, chapter, verse 27, uh, well, really further on down. And you will find out down in verse 32 that, look, God's not going to withhold something from you if you walk uprightly before him. But if you walk uprightly and then don't walk uprightly, walk uprightly and then change and then change again, change again, then there is unfaithfulness in that steward. Why would God give you the riches of the kingdom? Now, it's his will that he give you the kingdom in Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 32. But if your heart is not upright, if it's not focused on the kingdom, the kingdom having rule over you, over your way of doing something, God's way has to supersede it and if we don't 
then understand that we are not going to walk consistently in the kingdom. And Christians are notorious for doing, not doing, doing, not doing, doing, not doing, starting, stopping, stopping, starting, starting, you know, tearing it up and then starting over again and then wrecking it, then forsaking it. They're just notorious for that. And you have to stop that if you're going to live in the kingdom. You, you can't just say, well, I'm in the kingdom of God. Well, I understand that. But if you are going to be in the kingdom, then seek ye first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing it. Then everything is added to you. But if you aren't seeking his way of doing it, allowing the kingdom to have dominion over you, then you are just simply self-willed. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm telling you it's time for the church to stop playing religion. That's what it's time for the church to do. Let's stop playing religion and let's start living kingdom life. Amen. So the kingdom of God is like a seed. Now the devil uses the same type of operation in 13, Matthew 13, 24, where it says that a, he gave him a parable where a man sowed good seed into his field, but when he slept, he rose up one day, and there were tares in the field. And he said, who has done this? And his servants asked, and he said, an enemy hath done this. Why? Because the devil understands the power of the seed. Now, if you'll go to uh, Matthew 13 and 36. Matthew 13, 36. So we have to make sure that we begin to set in motion or create a perpetual, continual, diligent life of the kingdom. When we discover a kingdom principle, it's not just to use, it is to place in our life to dominate our life. Remember, we're not our own, we are bought with a price. So we are submissive to the king and we have to then choose his way of doing things and not our way. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Then the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. So notice that the enemy is sowing things the same way that God is sowing things. And it says, then the enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is at the end of the world that reapeth, and the reapers are the angels. And therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the field, so it shall be in the end of this world. So now we understand that the devil sows seeds into our life. He brings wicked people, he brings wicked things, he brings lustful thoughts. All of these things are like seeds. And the seed is the biggest thing that the devil is after. Could I get an amen? Remember that when the sower of the word, which is the son of man, 
sows the word, which is the seed of God, immediately the devil comes. To do what? To steal the seed that was sown. Because any seed that is sown and allowed to go through the process is a seed that will bring a harvest and a change to the individual. Now, seeds can get disrupted at different times. That's why they're 20-fold, 30-fold, 40-fold, 60-fold, 80-fold, 100-fold Christians because their seeds get disrupted or they stop the process because the evidence that they start seeing. So the devil is after the seed. If he can get the seed, then he can get the harvest or he can stop anything that God is doing if he gets the seed. Good again, amen. Absolutely. Now we know that words are seeds. Words are seeds. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 10, 11. Words are seeds. We've seen that in Matthew, the 13th chapter also, in the parable of the sower, that when the Son of Man sows a seed, that it, he is sowing the Word of God. And so words are seeds. Somebody say words are seeds. Now, it only takes one seed finding a crack in order to produce a harvest. Now, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Notice that the mouth of the righteous is what? Like a well of life. That's what it's supposed to be. Now, go to the next verse. And it said, hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. So what we want to uh, draw from this is that of the righteous man's lips or mouth, his words are supposed to be a place of life. Could again get an amen? Life. It should never talk of death. It should never talk about I can't. It should never talk about but what or uh, yes, but or yeah, but this or the reasons or the causes or all the evidences or all of the things that could stop something or all of the things that you might perceive in your mind. It should never ever bring forth death, a righteous man's mouth. His seed should always be casting out seeds of life. Always talk life. Amen? All right. And then let's go to Proverbs 12, 6. We're just going to look at a couple of them here in Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 6. And it says, The words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Now, what will the mouth of the upright deliver you from? anything why because if you're sowing seed then seed is changing your harvest that's why the words or the mouth of the righteous shall deliver them no matter where you are how barren it's been how dry it's been 
doesn't matter how hard it's been, doesn't matter how bad it's gotten, if you will start selectively sowing your seed, seeds of righteousness, seeds of life, if you will start sowing that, guess what will happen? It will produce a life of blessing and a life of goodness, a life of whatever you're speaking. Amen? And so, if you want to change where you're at, look at what you've been sowing. If you've been, what some people say, well, I don't do that all the time. I know it. But the Bible says in Deuteronomy 22, 6, that if you sow diverse seed into your field, you defile the whole land. Oh, but, but that's just in that area. No, the whole land. The whole land. Wow, that's terrible. You could be believing God in one area and you're talking great, but then you're over in this area talking trash. Guess what? You defile the whole land. Because it produces after its own kind. And so as that seed grows, it creates a harvest, it breaks off, seed falls to the ground, pretty soon your fields are being overtaken by the wrong kind of seed. But nobody's sown it but you. All right, let's go to Proverbs 12, 14. Proverbs 12, 14. And a man shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. Notice that a man shall be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his lips. The fruit of his lips. In other words, if you don't sow any seed, you don't get anything back. Now, there's a reason that people sow wrong seed. A man speaks with the abundance of his or the abundance of his transformated soul. So when a man's mind is renewed, then he automatically speaks the newness of life. But when a man is not renewed, even though he's born again, he has a carnal mind, guess what? He speaks carnally. It's real simple. He speaks carnally, so then his life is not satisfied with good. Now, how many of you are just so exuberantly satisfied with your life you don't want to change nothing? You're right. 99% of us in this building are not satisfied with our life. And I'm one of them. I want more. I, I don't want what I had yesterday. Yesterday's gone. I don't want what I had last week. Last week is gone. I want more for tomorrow because my dreams are expanding. My, my dreams in God, my purposes in God are expanding. They're being unveiled to me every day. So I have to sow seeds in order to reap that I can be satisfied in life, and that means satisfied with the provision Satisfied with the opportunity, satisfied with joy, satisfied with where I'm at, 
satisfied with what's going on in my life. If I'm not, then I need to change what? The seed. Change the seed. And if you constantly come up and are saying things and say, oh, well, that's no, I didn't mean that, I shouldn't have said that, then that tells me there's something wrong on the inside because you're speaking with the abundance of your heart. But I didn't mean that. I know you didn't. You can't help yourself. The reason you can't help yourself is because there's something wrong in the abundance of your heart. Get in there and fill it up. Fill it up, fill it up, until God starts giving you revelation, God starts speaking to you, then you'll have seed out of the scripture. So, if you want to have a satisfied life, change the seed. Amen? Change the seed. Hallelujah. And, uh, all right, let's go to, uh, wow, I don't, I don't want to get into that. Uh, okay, let's go to, go to Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Now, I'm going to uh, just kind of paraphrase what I want to connect with this scripture. Is it found in Matthew 6.25? Jesus tells about the sparrows being fed, about the lilies of the valley uh, being clothed with grass. Uh, also, that is one day and then is burnt and cast into the fire the next day. But God takes care of all of that. So Jesus tells them, take no thought what you will put on. Take no thought what you're going to eat. Take no thought where you're going to live. In other words, Jesus says, why don't you just start out by saying, I want to thank you, Father, that no matter where I'm at, you are my provider. No matter what I go through, God, you always make provision. I want to thank you, Father, that you clothe me because you care for me. Father, I want to thank you that you always had given me a place to lay my head at night. God, you give me a roof over my head. God, you give me a place for my family to dwell. I want to thank you, God, that you provide for me better than you provide for any other part of creation. God says, look, if you just start sowing your life like that, then you don't have to worry about what you're going to do with your life. But he says, if you take a thought, then your faith will be weakened. But then the Bible says here that uh, as a man thinketh or as the thoughts come to a man's life, he becomes what he's thinking. If you're always thinking God ain't doing something, I'm always in need, oh man, we're never going to make it, and change your thinking. Oh, well, how do you change your thinking? Put different seed in it quit listening to negativity and start looking at the scripture amen because once you start thinking that's what you are have have you ever meditated on a scripture until something just clicked on you said oh i see it i see it i can take you to uh, when I first got healed of something was, I was working in the foundry. 
and I was just quoting 1 Peter 2.24, just thinking about it. And as I turned the corner on a, in uh, the corner of the bathroom, I heard these words. You've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. It ignited me. And it was never, you know, by his stripes I've been healed. It was, I'm healed. Nothing changed. I'm healed. Condition didn't change. I'm healed. Why? Because that thought came to my mind based on what I was planting it with. You should be able to see yourself or see your enemy the way that you want to see yourself. If you're sick, you could see yourself healed. Well, I know what the Word says. Look, I understand you know it all. I'm just telling you. Remember the uh, this, uh, 12 spies? Ten of them saw one thing. Two of them saw another. And both groups got what they saw. Not what they knew. What they saw. Y yes, there... You need to allow the Word of God to unveil to you what God is showing you, what He's saying. Pictures are words, words are seeds, and if a picture is a word, which it is, and a word is a seed, which it is, you can turn it around and you can put the seed in and then you can see the picture. Right? Absolutely you can. And so, think about when you're putting something into you that you give it time to show you what it's meaning. Why? Because if you get a vision, you can finish the race. You sure can. Amen. You can finish the race. If you could see yourself what if somebody wrote you a report from Cleveland Clinic and said, here you go, we just checked you for this, and you do not have that? But then somebody else came up to you and said, well, I know you've got that because your eye is blue on the inside. What would you say to them? He's trying to give you a seed to think about. Your eye is blue, but you already have a picture in words what the doctors have already said about you. Now, which one are you going to cleave to? Automatically, you're going to go to the one that you saw. Not the one that's trying to get you to see, but you're going to go with the one that you saw, right? Kind of like, whose report will you believe? So, if you believe the report of the Lord, the Lord will show you what is a promise. A promise is something given to you where you're at to show you where God will take you by faith. Amen. All right. One more and then we're going to close up. Go to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. And let's look at Verse 4, 2 Corinthians 9, 4. 
that where I want? Yes. Let's go to uh, verse 5. Okay. Therefore I, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would before go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty or offering. Wherefore ye had no notice before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Next verse. But this I say, but this I say, he with soweth what shall maybe reap. Okay, sparingly. He which soweth shall reap what? Bountifully. In other words, how much you have going, coming in is based upon the seeds that you're putting out. Now, does that tell you that you could change limitation into bountifulness? Absolutely. Let's go next verse. Now, remember, these are spiritual things. See, money in the spiritual realm is a seed. And it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loved, loveth a cheerful giver. Do you know that we're not to support, to give, because people tell sad stories? That's grudgingly. But God wants us to be cheerful givers, and we're not always supposed to give out of necessity. In other words, you're not always to be sowing just because you need a harvest. What does it say? Don't do it of necessity. How many of us start sowing seeds only when we're facing a need? See, that's why I say that sowing seed should be a way of life. We don't just start talking good because we got a bad doctor's report. Let me say this. You can start the fight of faith after you've discovered you're behind the eight ball. But if you would start it before the eight ball ever got on the table, you'd be far, far ahead. See, we are always reactionary where the devil should be on watch towards us but we are the one always responding to his attacks. Remember what he said about Job. He's got a hedge about him. You can't get to him. Well, who plants the hedge? God didn't plant the hedge. Job planted the hedge. And so we can plant things in our life to keep the devil on the outside instead of uh, having to deal with him after he's on the inside. Amen. Remember, if you sleep, he'll sow something and then you have to contend with what he's sown. And it may not come out until the end has already come. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is if he starts sowing sickness and disease, guess what? You may not get out from under it. Oh, but I've got faith. 
And it'd be nice if you'd use it instead of just when it's necessary. How about building a hedge instead of having trying to drive the lion through the hedge? Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't you rather fight the devil on the outside of your house as to have to fight him after he's got in and tore it all up? Yes, if you have faith, then use it now. Because it may not flourish after you get a bad report. Oh, no, 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 yes, 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 yes. I'm just telling you that it's harder, it's easier to fight a fire outside of your house than when your curtains are on fire. Amen. So start sowing seeds now. Now let's go to the next verse. And every man and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every, what? Good work. Next verse. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now, who is that talking about? God. What does God do? He disperses abroad and giveth to the poor. That's the way that righteousness works. That's the way that righteousness works. God disperses. In other words, God's always sowing before anything ever happens from the enemy. Always. He's always sowing seeds before the enemy is on the inside. God's already building a harvest that the enemy has to contend with. Amen. So, let's start sowing seeds. Now, it's up to you. You want to have an abundance? Then you can have one. Don't tell anybody how little you have. Start telling and confessing and showing God the seeds that you've sown. Because God's moved by seed. Amen. A seed will bring forth a harvest. But if you say nothing except negativity, you're going to get nothing but negative. But if you sow words of life, despite what it looks like right now, just start declaring what the promise says about you. Just put it in your mouth and say it. But nothing's changing. Well, remember Ecclesiastes 11, don't observe the wind, don't look at the storm, don't look at the clouds, just sow. But what if the devil comes? Keep sowing. Keep sowing. And then you keep sowing words, and then you start sowing. If you want finances to change you, start sowing finances. Amen. Start sowing it. I don't care what it is every day. You release a seed into the ground. Let the kingdom dominate what you are doing every day. And you'll see God change your life. By the seeds that you sow out of your mouth, by the thoughts that you think, by the thoughts that you think, and by the financial seeds that you sow. So, let's 
let's just get intensified and put our mind on those things. Make sure that we don't sow anything that we don't want to reap. You don't want to reap negativity, then don't sow it. Amen? If you want to uh, reap positive, then think positive. And I'm not talking about Norman Vincent Peale. I'm talking about the scriptures. It tells you what you need to think on. So think on those things. Found in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 7 and 8. Think upon those things, the six thought, the six uh, things that a man is supposed to think about. And then start sowing financial seed. Start sowing seeds, start believing God. Say, well, I don't need any more. The world needs it. Amen. Please, the world needs it. So let's do those three things, basic things. Let's sow good seed into our thought life. Let's sow good words out of our mouth. And then let's begin to sow financial seed so that we can be blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand your feet. Sunday morning, hallelujah. I got a doozy. Hallelujah. It's going to help you. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that, God, we are seed sowers. And that God, whatever is happening in our life, is happening by the seeds that have been sown. Now, God, just call our attention to the words that we speak, to the thoughts that we think, and God, to the financial seed that we rejoice and celebrate in sowing. Now, God, I ask you to arrest our minds, arrest our mouths, God, and arrest, God, our seed of finances let us seek first the kingdom of god and his right way of doing things in jesus mighty name amen and amen god bless you sunday morning praise